Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back at home in my recording space, ready to give you guys a little bit of food for thought as I talk about the journey through martial arts that much more. So, full disclosure, this, uh, this week, uh, we're right in the midst of one of my favorite weeks of the year. And uh, this year it happens to be a funny week that runs from Thursday to Thursday, but uh, just how it happened to lay out. So uh, this past Thursday, the 28th, was my wedding anniversary. And then today, the, uh, the second, is Mrs. Sensei's birthday. And then next Thursday, one week after my wedding anniversary, is my birthday. So of course, this week and this weekend and everything had me thinking a lot about uh, companionship and uh, partnership and our relationship and everything. But partnership, to me, it kind of jumped out as a subject that is extraordinarily important in martial arts. And it's it, like something I haven't really got into in depth before. So I figured what a better motivation and what a better topic to take today's episode on than to talk about partners and the value of partners and how to be a good partner. So one of the things I absolutely love that happens in my school very frequently is when I watch the community come together and push each other and be accountable to each other. Like the other night, uh, last night as a matter of fact, my adult beginner class is getting ready. And there's these two young ladies, both in their early 20s, who recently started taking classes. And one started a few weeks before the other. But very quickly, they've kind of hit it off. They're somewhat similar in their personalities. They're uh, similar in age. They're both pretty coordinated. They both have a similar sense of humor and so forth. So it's become a thing where now I notice... They're coming in together, they're walking out together, chit-chatting the whole way, and I love it. I love it. But it was funny, it was a little out of the ordinary. One of the two young ladies got to class a little earlier than the other, and it was funny kind of watching her wait for class, but also kind of watching the door to see when her buddy was going to get there. And that's kind of the value. That's one of the first values, I should say, of having a good partner. Having someone that you work with on a regular basis makes that person makes that person that much more accountable. I, like I know in my school, there's this uh, almost expectation where if you're going to miss class, if you're an adult student and you're not making class that day, in addition to letting me know, in addition to sending me a text or an email to let me know that you won't be there that day, you also let your partner know. You can, the person who you know is expecting you there, the person who you know is going to bust your chops if you miss class or whatever, you let them know as well. So that way the pressure's off a little bit and you don't feel the same, uh, the same obligation. You don't feel that, you're not, you save yourself from the little bit of the chop busting that they will likely give you. Like it's funny, on the rare occasions that I miss my training, you know, there's only a, there's a handful of people that I train with very, very, very regularly, which is usually what happens. You know, you have a, a couple of people you really like to train with. Um, so, like, if I were to miss one of my classes and I neglected to, if I told my instructor, but I didn't tell my partner, I've gotten that text message like, hey, uh, where were you today? What's up? Everything okay? Which is huge. That camaraderie 
is so awesome. I love it for the value that it has. It keeps you accountable. It keeps you connected, which is absolutely wonderful because the community of the school keeping you connected is even more important, in my opinion, than the instructor. Because if the instructor is wonderful, but you feel like a stranger in the environment, you feel constantly like a guest in the home, it's kind of difficult to stay connected. Because the thing is, in martial arts, your partner is a, plays a very, very, very big part in getting you better, which continues me down the path of the value of a good partner. So, of course, you know they're holding you accountable because you know they're waiting for you. Right? you. When you're sitting there on the couch and you're battling that little voice in your head that's telling you to be easy on yourself or take the night off, you work super hard or whatever, when you hear that little voice, you, next thing you picture is your partner sitting in the chairs waiting for you, staring at the door, looking at the clock, wondering, where are they? And that thought alone can be enough to get you going, which is sometimes all it takes. Just one little nudge in the, in the right direction. But it goes beyond just that accountability. There is such a thing as a group momentum. When you surround yourself with people who are moving in the same direction as you, who are, both, who are also looking towards the same type of progress or whatever that you are, it's extraordinarily valuable. The momentum that you build, the momentum that you keep, will allow you to keep moving in the direction that you'd like to be headed very, very easily. Right? When you have that person keeping you accountable, when you have that person on the same journey as you that's headed in the same direction, that you're kind of taking that journey along with, it helps keep you moving the way that you'd like to move. What it also does on, in a similar vein is it gives you another person to share your success with. In other words, like when I, I'm giving you guys a very basic example. If I had one student in my school who got their belt, for example, one adult student earns a promotion, the first people to congratulate them after the class aren't necessarily the people who are standing the, close to them, the closest to them in the lobby. Instead, it's their partner. It's their partner who walks over, I'm so proud of you. That's way bigger, way, way bigger. And the great, par the great partner also, as we move into the class itself, they give you the push. Right? A great partner is one who perpetually gives you that push in the right direction. Even in my adult beginner class where there's no contact, but you're working on the bag with a partner, I take a turn, then they take a turn. If that's the case, well then I need a partner who's gonna keep the right kind of pace, who's gonna push me in such a way where I'm gonna get the work that I need, where I'm gonna get the workout in that I want, I'm gonna get the cardiovascular, an endorphin response that I want. That comes from having a good partner who's going to push you. If you have someone who waits a long time before, or rather, uh, for you to finish your techniques, they wait for a, a good long while after your combination finishes, before they start. They take their big, long, deep breath, they scratch an itch, and then they get to it. 
That person isn't giving their all to help you get better. That person isn't helping to build the momentum that you need to keep you going in the right direction. Right? They're not pushing you to be better. Just like uh, if you wanted to go get really good at running sprints and you were running with somebody else, you don't want someone who you know you can leave in the dust. You want someone who can stay right there at your heels, who can make sure that they're pushing you beyond what you would do on your own. That, to me, is the mark of a great partner. They make you better. Right? They, they keep you on task. They keep you moving in the right direction. And they provide the necessary uh, feet to the fire. They keep the pace the way you need it to be in addition to so many other things. Right? If you, I mean, even I think about like the strength training portion in the class. It happens to work out quite often where the partners wind up with an eye shot of each other in the room. And because they're with an eye shot of each other, they notice, oh man, that person's doing a lot of push-ups today. Or that person's doing a lot of squats today. Or whatever it is that they notice. And it's pretty easy to motivate yourself to do more when you see your partner absolutely killing it. Obviously, if your partner's dogging it a little bit, if they're being relaxed and almost kind of lazy, there's not as much of a push. Excuse me. There's not, much, there's not as much of a push for you to do your absolute very, very best. And that's the thing. When that partner's cranking out push-ups, you're pushed to crank out just as many, if not more, push-ups. Right? It motivates you to move in the right direction. Now, obviously, moving... Excuse me, motivation is an internal thing. Obviously, it comes from within. But there can certainly be external sources that give that a real, real good push and keep you motivationally where you should be. So, to me, those are just some of the things that jump out as to the value of a good partner. They make you better, they hold you accountable. They keep you motivated. They celebrate your successes with you. So on and so forth. And there's definitely a great many other reasons, but that's all that I really wanted to touch on today. The next thing I want to talk about is what makes a good partner. What keeps that person as a great partner throughout the training session, throughout the different levels? And it's funny, it kind of leads me back to a joke that I make very frequently to adults, and it is certainly the truth. And that is that if, when it's time to get a partner, and everybody kind of raises their hand and gives the, do you want to work? Look from across the room, from one side of the room to the other. If you find yourself perpetually doing that little dance, but you raise your hand, and you find yourself all the time as the last person with their hand in the air, and no one seems to want to work with you, that means one of only a couple of things. Option number one, you smell. Right? Maybe you're not washing your uniform properly. Right? Maybe your nutrition's a little bit off. So you smell. <laughs> and literally, because you smell, people don't want to work with you. I mean, 
just earlier today, Mrs. Sensei was on a plane. She had to do a conference for work. And the lady that sat down next to her on the first leg of her flight stunk like mothballs. And she's like, man, it's everything I can do to get away from this lady. So, of course, nobody wants to work with the person that smells. So, right, that's one option. Option two is you're the jerk that goes crazy. Now, obviously, that, that plays a bigger factor when you're in a class with contact, right? Where you're sparring or grappling or things like that. Being a jerk is a little more prevalent there, but being a jerk when you're trying to push each other workout-wise is subtle but easy as well. Are you distracting the person? Are you chit-chatting? Are you not keeping the pace of work because you want to tell your friend about the social hour or you're getting distracted? by you know this that or the other are you taking away from the class that's another big thing to factor in right so if we think about then those things that we want to avoid well what makes a good partner what makes a good partner I think is someone who's positive if they make you feel good about the work that you're doing if they're your, if they're a great cheerleader for you right? like I have quite a few of my students who when they're like holding pads for each other they're drawing even more work out of the person. They're pushing that person to be better. Right? They, when the person does well, they let them know. They celebrate it with them a little bit. Wow, that was a good one. Now let's do it again, great. Are you keeping your partner's level where they needed it to be? Which raises the better question, where do they need their level to be? The answer, just outside their reach. Just outside their normal comfort zone. If you know you can come to my beginner class and you can crank it out to the point where you're at, like, you know, let's call it an 8 out of 10. If, they're trying to if your partner's trying to push you to an 8.5, that's a great partner. That's someone who's doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They're trying to make you work a little harder. Right? And that's the other value of having the partner that, like I was talking about before, keeping the pace, keeping the motivation. If you're pushing your partner to that eight and a half. By doing that, naturally, it's pushing you to that eight and a half as well, right? Because you got to keep that pace. So they're going to give it back to you just as much to make sure that you're getting the push that you need. And then the other part here is to make sure that everything, when, excuse me, when it comes to being a good partner, that you're like prepared for the class mentally, physically, psychologically, punctuality-wise. Right? Being partners with the person that's late, usually a pain in the butt. Being, a, being partners with a person who's unprepared for class for one reason or the other, it's a pain in the butt. Right? <laughs> Here's one thing that definitely takes away from someone being a good partner. The person who is the sideline sensei. The person who, while you're working with them, they want to explain to you everything that you're doing right, wrong, or otherwise. That person is terrible. I've been training with, with very high-level people for a very long time. One of my main training partners, somebody I train with all the time, is Shian Godhofer, who runs the Bayside Queen School. And he's a phenomenal instructor. And he has students the same rank as me. Yet, when we work together, he's not nitpicking, correcting me. 
If anything, if he sees my hand dropping while I punch or something like that, he'll shout it as he calls the next combination. Give me the one, two, three, but keep your hand up this time. Perfect. He's pushing me to be better without micromanaging me and slowing me down and taking away from my class. He's raising my level. Right? And the beautiful thing about that, the beautiful thing about having good partners is the way it keeps you connected. A very wise person once said this to me, and I found it to be incredibly accurate. Martial arts attracts everybody. Everybody who sees martial arts done at their level, at the level that intrigues them, it attracts everybody. I don't care if you're a 60-something-year-old woman. You see that fun, high-energy beginner class that's a super positive environment with a great partner? Man, oh man, that is so attractive. It draws you in Big time. However, though martial arts attracts everybody, what turns people away from martial arts is martial artists, is the people doing the actual practice. You work with that smelly guy once or twice, whether you intend it to be your last class or not, it might wind up being. Because then you find yourself ready to go to class. That little voice in your mind is telling you, oh no, stay on the couch. And you think about how your partner smelled last time. It's a little easier to stay home. Right? If you know your partner wanted to talk the whole time and took away from your class, it's a little easier to stay home. When your partner didn't push the pace, it's a little easier to stay home. When your partner micromanaged you and played sideline sensei, and tried to correct every little thing that they saw you did wrong, even though their technique ain't perfect either. Man, it's a little easier to stay home. Right. Now, just briefly I want to touch on the, the other, or the higher level of partner. Right, when we get to things like contact, like sparring, like jujitsu. Right. Just a, a, a couple little foods for thought here. Right. Obviously, if let's just use the example of sparring where you're doing the most realistic practice you're going live so to speak if one person's at a 3 out of 10 and the other person's at an 8 out of 10 that's not a good partner for either one of them right now that mismatch happens for a couple of reasons one just bad partnering one person's being a bad partner right? if one person's throwing at a 3 it's up to that other partner who's throwing at the eight to realize, oh, maybe this is a person who I normally can go at an eight with, but you know, for whatever reason today they don't have their fastball, so we're coming down to a three. Okay, that's one thing. The other thing is maybe those two people shouldn't be working together. Maybe there's a lot of fear there and so forth. I look at it like this. If I had two brand new people who are going to be sparring for the first time. When I say sparring, I'm referring to free sparring, where they can throw whatever they want, whenever they want, to whatever target they want. If I had two people who had been in my school for long enough, where they built up the skill over time, they learned their defenses, they learned their stance, their movement, and everything else, if I had two people to move up out of that class and into free sparring, I would not partner them together. I wouldn't. Because as good as those people might be, neither one of them is going to be able to help raise the level of the other. They're not going to carry that person. Right? 
if one person spazzes out, the other person is not skilled enough to deal with that spazzing. But if I took those two not experienced guys and I put them with two very experienced guys, now those very experienced guys, can they work their defense? Absolutely. Can they protect, protect themselves well enough where that person spazzing out is not a problem? Absolutely. That's why if you're a beginner at the more contact part of, of training, jujitsu, sparring, whatever, it's important that you go slow and relaxed. You don't try to do anything fast or hard or strong because you haven't learned to control the nuance, the fluidity yet. That's going to be, even though you might be bringing your partner down to a three, it's a three they'll want to work at because they'll be safe. Uh, I'll leave you with this food for thought. I, I talked about Chael Sonnen a few times in the past, uh, mixed martial arts personality, and he says all the time that uh, his coach had a rule. If you didn't have a mouthpiece, you didn't spar, which is a great rule. But if you were an athlete who forgot your mouthpiece that day, if there were anybody in the room that you wanted to work with, Go with Chael, because Chael's not going to hurt you. He's going to push you, and he's going to give you the kind of work to get you better, but he's not going to injure you. Right? See, that's the thing. The best partners, they don't injure you or anything like that. Maybe if the drill deems it appropriate, they, they hit you, right? If they're throwing a pad to help you learn how to block, they're aiming for where a person would hit. If they're doing a defense drill, they're aiming for you, so you have to defend it. But they're doing it in such a way where if you did get touched, you'd get touched. You wouldn't get hurt. And that's the major difference between a great, a, a okay partner, maybe even a bad partner, and a great partner. A great partner might hit you when it's appropriate. They're definitely going to push you, but they're definitely more than anything else not going to hurt you. So that's all I have for you guys today. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sensei underscore Leonelli. On Facebook, I'm Sensei James Leonelli. If you wanted to find my school, you can go to tskSmithtown.com. You can find out, uh, find the school, as, excuse me, as well on Facebook at facebook.com slash TigerShulmanSmithtown. On Twitter and Instagram at tsmma underscore Smithtown. Find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. Find the podcast on Instagram at TS Smithtown Podcast. And until next time, my friends, I'll see you guys on the map.